COVID-19 Reporting in NHSN, a conversation with Deborah Wright. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we will be talking about COVID-19 reporting in NHSN. My name is Kathy Caudill, and I'm a communication specialist with Quality Insights. And I would like to introduce our guest today, Deborah Wright. Um, oh, goodness. Deborah, I lost your bio. I was going to, well, you know, I'll wing it. Deborah works with us <laughs> at Quality Insights. She is a quality improvement specialist. Is that right, Deborah? Did I get that right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. She joined us pretty recently. She has been in the field of nursing for over 30 years and has done a lot of different positions and that including what was your vice president of directing? Yeah. So I started out as a nursing assistant and, you know, worked my way up from there. So we've, we've been in this business long enough. You've done just a little bit of everything so we can skip the bio and yeah. just move I'm on. I'm so sorry. I thought I had it here in my little script and I must've deleted it or what, but anyway, thank you, Deborah. <laughs> Welcome and thank you for joining us today. So let's um, kick off with some background. What is NHSN and what is their objective? So NHSN stands for National Healthcare Safety Network. In regards to the COVID-19 vaccination modules, NHSN's protocols state that the weekly COVID-19 vaccination modules are designed to ensure that reporting of COVID-19 vaccination data is both consistent over time within a single healthcare facility and comparable across all facilities. It utilizes various standardized methodologies, including a web-based application for conducting vaccination surveillance activities. Using NHSN to monitor COVID-19 vaccinations may also result in increased COVID-19 vaccination coverage because improvements in tracking and reporting those vaccination statuses will allow facilities to better identify and target unvaccinated residents and staff. By using NHSN, vaccination coverage data can also be made available to authorities at the local and national levels to identify coverage gaps. The data can also be combined with data on infection rates to infection control policies and recommendations. And Kathy, I think you have a link that you're going to put in the chat um, that will take facilities right to the landing page for NHSN so that you can um, look at different resources and YouTubes that they have and training modules that they have for all of the, the different areas that they service. And that's right. And I've got the link in there. And we also upload these webinars to YouTube and our podcast. So if you're listening to this webinar later on in one of those formats, I will be including any links from today's talk into the episode description. And uh, moving on to our next question, why is this data collection necessary? And what are the timeframes used for each reporting period? That's a great question, Kathy. Um, when COVID first started, as we can remember, at one point in time, we were reporting the same information to two and three different databases or agencies. And it was, it was very trying back in the beginning to, to do that. Um, now NHSN has become the preferred method for reporting to CDC and CMS. 
and it's used to collect data on the summary of COVID-19 vaccination counts for what we're talking about today. And um, facilities are currently required to enter their data at least weekly for the previous week and their week is defined as Monday through Sunday. So then you have the, the next week to input your data for the previous week. Gotcha. And who needs their vaccination status reported from the facility? So that's a seems to be a, a topic that um, frequently people have lots of questions about. So basically all health all healthcare personnel, both direct and indirect, that provide some sort of care to the residents at least once a week, and of course the residents themselves. So let's first look at the residents reporting as that's the easiest. Um, if a resident was in your facility during the previous week, even if for only one day, they need reported. So if you're a facility that has a lot of admissions and discharges, it's possible for your census during that reporting week to actually be higher than your census on any given day if you've had a, a number of admissions. Now, the healthcare personnel section, that's a little bit more um, challenging because there's four different types of healthcare personnel that, that they look at. First, you have the employees that are on your direct payroll. This area, it's pretty straightforward. If they're eligible, and, I, and eligible being the key word, to work in the facility at least one day, no matter how many hours, they get reported. And we have to remember that that also includes those that are on temporary leave. So if they're still your employee, even if they're on leave, they still need reported for that week. Um, NHSN defines temporary leave as less than or equal to two weeks in duration, such as your sick time or vacation time. But once that temporary leave extends beyond two weeks, then that staff member would no longer be included for data collection purposes. Then you have the area of licensed independent practitioners. This would include your physicians, nurse practitioners, your physician assistants. And even if you take it a little bit further, a lot of facilities are also including your consulting podiatrist or, or dentist or other physicians that come into the facility. In this area, you need to include those that are affiliated with your facility but not directly employed, regardless of the amount of time that is provided to the residents on a weekly basis. So what that means is with your direct healthcare um, personnel, if they're on your payroll and they haven't had more than two weeks off, they're gonna be reported. But in the license section, you may not have a, a doctor that comes once every week, but if they're on your roster and somebody that would be providing services, they would still be um, in that section. Then there's the category of adult students, trainees, and volunteers. This would include students that you may have from an academic institution, such as nursing students or nursing assistants that maybe are doing their clinical rotation at your facility or therapy students. And it also includes volunteers that are affiliated with your facility on a regular basis. So how I really look at that is if you just have a group coming in to um, maybe do a Christmas concert, they're not going to be included because they're one and done and they're out. But the volunteers, if you have volunteers that come into your facility on a regular basis, they would be um, included in that section. 
And then lastly, under the healthcare personnel category are all those contracted staff. So this includes that never ending um, nursing agency staff. Um, if your therapy staff are contracted and not on your payroll, it even would include your daily pharmacy delivery drivers. Um, there's a whole list of individuals that could be included underneath this. And when you go into the NHSN landing page um, and you look at their protocols, there's a whole a whole list of um, different individuals that could be included in that topic. All right. And uh, how do the facilities report this information in the NHSN? So another great question. And for people that are new to reporting, um, there are two different ways that, that you can do this. First is just entering the information manually by going into NHSN and data inputting the information um, Many facilities have developed their own spreadsheets to gather this information, and then you would just calculate it and put it in. And then there's the optional use of NHSN's developed event-level COVID-19 vaccination forms. So these are really good, especially if your facility doesn't have someone that's good at creating formulas within their uniquely developed spreadsheets. The nice thing about the NHSN's event-level forms is that it will auto-calculate the necessary information and display the weekly totals for you. And I think Kathy's going to be putting a link into the chat for step-by-step -step guide for these event-level um, COVID-19 vaccination forms. So just to, I know that there was recently some trainings and webinars that NHSN has provided, but just from a, a high level um, basic review, when, when you're using the NHSN's event level COVID-19 vaccination forms, each resident and staff member would have at least one status entered, whether it's dose one, doses one and two, if they have a medical contraindication, if they've declined, or if you don't know their vaccination status. But there will be times though that a resident or staff member may have more than one entry on the spreadsheet. This happens maybe when their vaccination status changes. Maybe they originally declined the vaccine and later changed their mind, or maybe a resident um, is out of the facility greater than two weeks and later returns. So when this happens, you would create a new row for that resident when they return by using the, the plus sign next to the original row. This just helps to keep the spreadsheet more user-friendly for yourself and so that you can track the resident or the staff member. So the original row would already have a discharge date entered and now your new row would identify when, um, for example, the resident was readmitted. In these cases, when you use the NHSN spreadsheet, you're not able to delete lines. So that creates the possibility of having one person on the spreadsheet um, more than once. But as long as you have the end dates, when you add the new line, they will not be counted more than once for your reporting timeframe. Um, the event level COVID-19 vaccination form is located in the NHSN from the facility homepage. Um, you can also, when you're in your reporting, it's on the left-hand side in the navigational toolbar. And when you enter the COVID-19 vaccination person level data into the form and select save, then that data will automatically be calculated on the reporting summary tab of the worksheet 
where the reporting week will be collected prior to selecting the save and submit data button. And you'll know that it's successfully saved because the line in HSN will turn green knowing that you have successfully saved that information. But whatever, however the facility decides to gather the information is truly up to the facility and everyone will find the way that, that works best for them. Okay. And now that we've talked about the vaccination reporting, um, let's move on to reporting of point of care test results, also known as rapid tests. Have there been any changes with the reporting requirements? Yes. Yeah, so um, on April 4th, guidelines did go into effect that stated that entering negative test results is now optional. Only positive um, rapid test results need to be um, reported within NHSN and to the regulatory agencies. While there, I mean, in my opinion, there are certainly pros and cons to stop reporting um, negative results into NHSN. Just make sure that if you are going to stop reporting negative test results, that you also make sure to update your facility policies and procedures. Um, and if you need to see where this guidance is, it was posted in the PA Han 635 that came out on April 12th. All right. So if you would like to reach out to Deborah directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and her extension is 7636. And you can also email her at dwright at qualityinsights.org. That's D-W-R-I-G-H-T at qualityinsights.org. And you can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash QIN underscore vlogs and pods. That's qualityinsights.org slash QIN underscore V-L-O-G-S-N-P-O-D-S. And Deborah, thank you for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank all of you for joining us.